All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to the Belated Box Office Podcast presented by Forced to Be Social. Uh, tonight I'm sitting with Pat. And uh, Hello. Yeah, so to, to give you a little bit of a, a, an intro, uh, what we do here is we watch movies weekly, uh, ones that we think we'll enjoy, older films, semi-recent films, nothing brand new yet, and, uh, and we talk about them, our favorite scenes, where they're all from what it's all about, and everything. So, uh, Pat, why don't you tell us what we watched this week? Yeah, to this. so this week, uh, we watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows. It's a movie, a, a comedy mockumentary that was released, uh, firstly, in New Zealand. Um, so it was released in by Paramount Pictures in 2014, internationally. And it's, uh, it's a real two-man show here. It was uh, written and directed by, and starring... Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi, and also co-starring Jonathan Bruff. Uh, I just I just want to jump in there and say that there was uh, quite a few familiar faces in this movie, and uh, by that I mean two. Uh, <laughs> the ones that really took me back: uh, Jermaine Clement, huge and fan Murray. of all of his work. Right, he he's been great. I knew he was going to be in the film. That wasn't a big surprise, but it was uh, Rice Darby. When he yeah. stepped up, I was really surprised. It was kind of just like, oh man, this is bringing back all these these emotions of when I was younger watching uh, Flight of the Concords. And uh, it, was, <laughs> it was just an absolute blast of a movie, man. Uh, yeah, it was a, a mockumentary style, kind of in the, the fashion of what you'd think of as like The Office or Parks and Rec and stuff like that in a movie film or in movie form. But I, I looked it up, and it's a, a horror comedy mockumentary. And uh, I think they could have comfortably left out the horror part. Um, I found that any of the horror scenes were just softened so so abruptly by the comedy involved with it that I didn't ever really feel... There was no real jump scares, you know what I mean? Like, when I think of horror movies... No, I think not of, at all. I think of a lot of stuff that uh, is actually terrifying or basically like watching a snuff film. <clears throat> when I think of horror movies nowadays. So I thought that was a, a really interesting uh, keyword to put in there on the movie as a, a horror film, but it, it makes sense. It, it made sense. It was just, you know, there are vampires in there. That that was just written by some some lazy employee who, like, just catalogs <laughs> movies, and they're, like, looking at keywords, oh, vampires, let's throw horror in there. Yeah. It's it's not by any means a horror. It's It's a very absurd and very ludicrous comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing in the movie that's, despite it being about vampires and the aesthetic and the look being like what you kind of expect from old timey vampires. There's nothing in this movie that's supposed to scare you. It's, it's, uh, it's just a comedy through and through. Yeah. I would have to agree. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think the most interesting thing about this movie that I learned, um, doing a little bit of research and, and especially after reviewing, the past few movies based on the budget and what they earned and stuff like that. I just want to go ahead and say that I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was only $1.6 million budget to make this movie, which yeah. by the standards in comparison of the movies we've done in the past, it's basically, and, it, a and that's in probably in New Zealand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what their currency is. Is it like, uh, Oh, it's probably like 80,000 US. Artifacts from the Lord of the Rings set, maybe? Like, I'll, I'll trade yeah. you three Hobbit houses for a movie? Yeah, just like <laughs> like Lord of the Rings props and sheep. 
yes yeah. how they do <laughs> how many sheep to make that movie that's a lot of sheep man i don't know uh but interestingly enough it was um probably uh the highest return um based on the the money input it earned 6.9 million dollars which is a, a return of 5.3 million dollars which is a lot um i don't ever remember this movie coming out in theaters uh, i don't ever actually remember hearing anything about it until you brought it up i thought it was just a tv show but obviously the movie uh preceded the tv show after its success uh, yeah it looked... and the tv show is done by the same people uh yeah jermaine jermaine and taika uh both uh are heavily involved as producers and stuff i think taika waititi directed the first episode yeah i think the like they always get their biggest name to direct uh episode one yeah at least that way it kind of sets the tone right so anyone going forward is kind of like okay this is the this is the image they're going for Um, and it's the pilot too right so they gotta put everything forward so the show gets picked up (laughs) yeah so i think the biggest uh like the biggest kind of i don't know if it'd be like a stunt director kind of thing like that but the biggest example is probably um like martin scorsese directing the first episode of boardwalk empire oh okay that was a great and show. then I don't think he directed any of the others because why would why would he? Yeah, I don't. He doesn't need to. <laughs> They're probably like if he puts his name behind this project, it's worth it, right? So if somebody sees Martin Scorsese on a pilot, they're like, "Yeah, this guy knows his stuff. We'll be okay." Um, I do want to say on, on that budget though, this movie looked amazing. Like this movie, it was okay. So it was funny because there were some really well done scenes where it was like, "Holy shit, that's impressive!" Right? Like the cinematography looked really good, but they threw in enough scenes where it was so damn cheesy that you're kind of like, "Okay, that's what the film would have looked like if they only had half the budget they were given, anyways." But uh, I think in terms of a comedic factor, like the the way the movie really was supposed to be, right? Like it was just like so funny to have these scenes that just looked so cheesy and so cheap in the middle of like some high intensity, more expensive scene to like cut to some stuff that, you know, like a, a high school uh, film student could have done. I thought it was great, man. I thought they just, they blended uh, high quality production and, and basically spoof production all into the same go. And it, it looked really nice. It, it really flowed. I thought. Yeah. And I think that fits kind of the, the whole tone of the movie's, comedy is really it's it's showing you you know things that are the the comedies derived from the fact that they're showing you things that aren't supposed to be thought of as funny usually <laughs> and just making them very like mundane and and awkward yeah like you have a like you have a 400 year old vampire who's like trying to bring people home to drink uh like to drink blood and he's like and then he's like would you like to eat some buschetti? <laughs> <Say bruschetti. laughs> that whole scene was just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> then he asks the girl after that really awkward scene with Nick, where Nick's like, I'm out of here, man. This is weird. Would you like mm-hmm. to eat some buschetti? <laughs> and she's just like, like, I saw you do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like doing a magic trick for someone, then turning to the next person, like, would you like to also see that same magic trick? Yeah. And it's like, well, no, because I know what's going to happen. I can guess your card sweet that was really cool man i can guess that person's card too <laughs> yeah you want to see me guess his card again mm-hmm. Ooh. no I, I think it was uh, <laughs> it was great like i from the intro it, it was i think it was meant to be a very awkward uh style laugh comedy you know what i mean like yeah. some of these scenes like well what's the name of the viago 
Viago, just, yeah. His whole introduction, right? Like he's just the most awkward guy and he's like so polite prim and proper and stuff like that and he's just like got that really weird smile and hasn't said anything yet he wakes up at six and then he's kind of just there he just stares at the camera and he goes you know like this really yeah. weird big awkward smile and then he starts to yeah talk just like the smile of someone who hates getting their picture taken yeah like just like, i don't know what i'm supposed to do when i look at a camera right and it was it was hilarious yeah. man it really set the mood i was at first i was like okay i've seen some ads for the tv show it looked pretty funny but Let's see what this movie's about. And it just, right after that, I was like, yeah, it's going to be one of those awkward laugh comedies, just like Jermaine Clement's been in before, which I've really enjoyed. So I buckled up and, yeah. uh, and it was a, it was an awesome adventure, man. I really enjoyed it. Well, yeah, I, fi- I figured you would when I suggested it. Um, it was like a lot of it's because I knew you, you were like a big fan of Flight of the Concords in, in mm-hmm. the day. Oh yeah. And it's the same, you know, the same guys behind it and the same style of humor. And I like it as well. And I think we needed a good, like, after everything this podcast has been through, I think we needed a good uh, comedy to kind of, as like a palate cleanser, I think, after yeah, yeah, like our first uh, our first chunk of like 10 episodes. I think, yeah, it was and, it was refreshing for sure to, to, especially because I'd never seen this movie before and really had never heard of it before. For me, it was, uh, I was going in with a blank slate. I, had, I hadn't heard anyone say anything about it before. like So I didn't have any expectations other than this is a comedy movie done by people that you've enjoyed their work in the past. So it's like, okay, well, we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, this is kind of like, I think this movie's like better for us than, oh, my light's changing colors. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> did you, fucking did rave you get up a in switch here. or something? Yeah. I think I was like toying with a wire which hit a switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't it's toy good. with wires, man. You can get electrocuted. <laughs> I guess so. If it happens on live stream, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to, like, stop and call somebody, or do I just, the show keeps going on type deal? You probably want to bring someone else in, because then you're just talking by yourself, and that's not... I'll just message That's Caleb not as good a like, dynamic. Be like, don't touch Pat. He's currently being electrocuted, and I don't want it to jump to you, but I need you to fill his spot. So just like, yeah, push come him out come of the talk way. about this vampire movie. Yeah, <laughs> use a piece of wood or something that's non-conductive and just shove him out of the camera so that we can continue this thing. But <laughs> well, yeah, the show must go on. It it must it must. Um, I was gonna make a really bad joke starting this whole thing because I've watched the, till the very end of the credits and everything. They're like you know that whole vampire. Uh, oh, you did. Uh, yeah, I, I had it written here to test. Usually, I get you with that. I'm like, there was a stinger scene, and yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> no, but you got me this time because these ones they they kind of continually had them throughout the credits, right? Like there was a few different times where they had little bits, and I was like, okay. And then today, I just kind of let the movie roll through, and at the end, it's like, you will forget the last hour and a half that you just witnessed of this movie, or however the line yeah. goes. And I was just like, oh, that'd be kind of funny to go in and be like, I want to talk about this movie, but. I can't remember. I don't remember it. shit about it. And then I, yeah, I'm glad we were discussing the joke and not actually presenting the joke because it's bad. It would have been a really bad joke. <laughs> Probably, but is it, I don't know. It's nice to know you were thinking of it. Is it on that brand? You're in the effort for bad jokes, absolutely. I don't see it. Probably, yeah. We got to meet our meet our quota of bad jokes. Well, buckle up. I've got a whole no. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So I I guess um. What did you think of the movie overall? I think we might as well get that out of the way before we start discussing any uh, any scenes in particular, just so that if we do start bashing it, people do still understand that we did enjoy the film. I think it's safe to say we enjoyed it. I don't want to get too into that, because I think that's our 
our like segment at the end when we rated out of three and a half stars. Oh yeah, I don't want a rating. I just yeah. want to know like it's you enjoyed we're... it. You were entertained the whole time. Oh yeah, I mean I like that style of comedy too. I like everyone who was involved. And the first time I watched it, I was also pleasantly surprised by Reese Darby showing up <laughs> as the we're, we're werewolves. We're not swear wolves. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the he's the alpha werewolf. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. And all these fucking these dorks that <laughs> they walk. They've got to laugh at my jokes. I'm the alpha. Yeah. <laughs> There's nice little touches. I got like I get, I think like the the werewolves wearing um like track pants because if you yeah. wear like jeans or khakis, then you're when you transform, you're just gonna rip them. Um, it was good. It was good at just presenting stuff that was like really mundane about like these these monsters lives like the other example yeah. i guess would be when the vampires are getting ready to go out maybe we should introduce the concept of the movie it's a mockumentary so it's a pretty bare bones concept it's just a, a documentary crew following uh these three i guess at first it's four vampires who uh who live together in wellington and uh, and all share a flat together, and it shows kind of their day to day lives leading up to the, uh, I think what they call the unholy masquerade, where yes. all the vampires kind of yeah get together, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah because they're getting the ready to pretense, right as they're getting ready to kind of go out on the town. There's the uh, scene where where they're like getting dressed, and of course they're vampires. They don't show a reflection, so. They're just like sketching each other, like they're just, like trying on outfits, and then yeah. the the other vampire like drawing a picture of him to show him, like, oh, this is it, this is what you look like, yeah, to see if he wants to go with that outfit. I I think that was I think that was probably the one of my favorite aspects of the movie is the fact that they did use all these like, you know, um, they used all the vampire lore, werewolf lore, like it was all there, right? Uh, it was really cool to see them do, yeah, especially the reflections. Uh, you know, they're allergic to silver or silver is deadly to them. Uh, the crucifix yeah. scenes and uh, the sunlight, obviously. So it was really funny to see because it's like they really and made it's just, this. You like, see, it's, it's yeah, the only you vampire movie I've laughed this many like, times at. <laughs> you see supernatural creatures like uh, like dealing with like day to day bullshit, and that's and that's just funny. That'll always be funny. I th yeah, I think so. I think it yeah, it was really interesting to see that. I never really even thought of that aspect, but it was like Question for you though, if I could jump in. Um, Absolutely. You said this is the only vampire movie you've you've laughed at, so I take that to mean um either you haven't seen or you're not a fan of Dracula Dead and Loving It. Is that the Leslie Nielsen one? Yeah. Okay. I've I have seen that. That was a long, long time ago. And I and literally um... only remembered it when you when you brought it up. It's your boy Mel Brooks too. Mel Brooks is uh, Van Helsing. Yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah, man. See, this this is one of those movies that maybe in the future uh, we'll revisit as well. I haven't. Uh, I I I remember scenes now that I think about it, like just like the really uh, ridiculous scenes. There was a couple of them. That was about. I it. think Leslie Nielsen falling down the stairs is the best at the beginning when he's like, "I'm Count Dracula," and he just comes <laughs> down the stairs rolling. <laughs> For the same reason as a lot of this stuff's funny because it just shows vampires like dealing with. <laughs> with like such they may be mundane supernatural problems. but they they still make mistakes right <laughs> they still have to deal with it i don't day -to -day i don't know why it's so funny to me but i just i love it well mel brooks hasn't really produced too much that i haven't liked so i'm sure if i were to go rewatch that i would have there'd be like a whole lot of memories stirring around and i'd be like oh yeah i remember that now that that's coming back but yeah. uh 
I really did like that. Yeah, I never even really thought of it like you were saying, though, right? Like, the day-to-day life of a vampire. Because every other actual vampire horror movie you see, it's like... It's you always all, see them at... Yeah, peak. It's always, like, the yeah, coolest stuff, yeah, right? at their or peak like, shit. You always see a vampire in, like, the cool in the coolest 30 minutes of their yeah. existence. I was going to say life. So they're, but, like, yeah. they're, like, the coolest guy at the party, having big orgies, getting yeah. chased, and getting killed. Getting chased by vampire hunters and, like... Yeah. Yeah, you never see them when they're just like hanging out, and then they die, right? I mean, well, you know, mm-hmm. actually, now that I think about it, no, Blade. There was that scene in Blade where he gets the serum that like makes them explode. That was a yeah. funny scene. Remember that? You know, like, the first time he sticks the needle in those two people fighting him in the hallway, and they just like expand, like bubble out. That's in the first Blade. That's in the first Blade. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I've seen the first Blade. I don't remember as as much as I remember Blade Two. Oh, Blade okay, Two's yeah. the the best one, but I like Blade, the first Blade. Oh, okay. There's a slight it's dis- a... slight disagreement there. We can touch on that after. Oh no, <laughs> the Boondock Saints it's, all over yeah, again. I was just gonna say, yeah, of course you like the second one. <laughs> as long as you don't like Blade Trinity, because that movie's garbage. That was the one with uh, that Canadian guy, right? The superstar, Ryan Reynolds. That's right. Yeah, I drew a blank. How could you? How could uh, you forget you know, names? His, his me, gin, like goldfish like, with names, man. I just his gin sponsors this show. We we wish. Yeah. Well, How could you forget his name? I think we just lost that sponsorship. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't think we've ever drank. No, I, I, I was just kidding. Blade Tri- Blade Blade Trinity is the best one out of the three. Everyone knows the Trinity of any movie is the best. That's the way. It also, goes. our cameo by Ryan Reynolds is the only thing that could have saved the Boondog Saints too. I wonder if I could make like a hand puppet and cut his face out and put it on there. Be like, hi guys, I'm Ryan Reynolds. And- Anyway, I mean, we'll that's a weird thing that. to wonder. Of course you could do that. I wonder how well it would go over, I guess. <laughs> I wonder if we'd get sued. You know? <laughs> we might eventually. Or at least, well, we might at least get like a cease and desist. Yeah, Wouldn't that know, be we cool? Should, maybe we should incorporate. Man. And then that way if we get sued, we'll be like, yeah, take all of our company. <laughs> <laughs> you actually owe us money now somehow. <laughs> Leave it to you to figure out how to yeah well, how no. to turn that into monetary leverage. <laughs> how to get sued and make money from doing it? You know, I, could I can see you book. writing that book. I could write yep. a book. Yeah, we can figure that out. Um, okay. Well, getting back to the movie, I mean, I I think one well one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is Stu. Right off the hop. Oh my god, I have that written here too. My favorite character is Stu. For I don't sure. know if they brainwashed us. Like, was this this vampire magic they were talking about? They're like, yeah, everyone likes Stu, and then it's just like, I like Stu. Like, Stu's my favorite character, and he, I think he just had. I, I think he had the best character arc. They just make they make he makes them so happy. Yeah, like he makes all the yeah. vampires so happy. They're like, I just think it's amazing how like, he's like love <clears throat> Stu. Like we love when Stu comes around. Like we all decided not to eat him. <clears throat> <laughs> well, like Nick's whole thing, he's like, "Oh, he's my best mate. Like, I wouldn't eat my best mate." Ah, just, just kidding, Stu. And then they like start introducing him and all that, and they fall in love with him. Yeah. Right? He shows them like they can watch a sunset or the the sunrise on YouTube, and they don't die. Yeah. So they he get shows to see them how to look up porn and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are naked ladies on the internet. You know, <laughs> the like, you click on images here. Yeah. No, I I love that whole aspect, and then obviously they get to see what they look like themselves through photographs and everything um i i just love when they're doing the whole trial when they're like putting nick on trial 
Like mm-hmm. you brought a human into the house, and that is like the number one no no go. And then one guy's just like, "Oh no, man, it's Stu. Stu's all right. I like Stu." They're like, "Yeah, you know, you know that that one's actually okay. We'll just cross that yeah, one cross out. it cross it off. We like Stu. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, um, yeah. I, other character. I think uh, the like my favorite performance is uh, is uh, Jermaine as uh, Vladislav. Oh yeah, like one. He's one of the older vampires, and like everything that he says is is fantastic. Like he sells every line. Vladislav the poker, <laughs> the poker. <laughs> instead of Vladimir the Impaler. Like obviously going for that reference, but my god, they did a good like, job. Of much that less funny. cool. Yeah, I like uh, at the begin. They're kind of discussing like you know not doing the the dishes are piling up, and he just goes like they're like he's the older vampire. He's like four hundred years old. And some of his, his ideas are outdated. And he's like, maybe we should get some slaves. <laughs> I do want to bring that up because that was funny. I laughed my ass off at that, right? I was like, oh, shit, that is classic, right? That like, was obviously the first, playing, first big laugh of the movie for me. Playing back on that whole, like, oh, it's just a different time. But they do have slaves. Like that Catherine? The, the, familiar, fam- the familiar, yeah. She was basically a slave. She, Closer, worked, well, she, she was worked doing for it the opportunity to potentially become a vampire. Maybe but an indentured being, servant is best. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, an indentured servant would be. But, I mean, basically, she's doing all this work for free mm-hmm. um, under the false pretenses that, uh, what's the uh, the vampire's name? Deacon. For Deacon. She's working for Deacon, thinking, oh, he's an attorney. Yeah. And she's bringing up this point. She's like, well, I'm like 36 now, so like I kind of want to be bitten yeah, now before it's like, you know. Before I'm old. Older and... <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. How no, sad just, just was the... everything up? Yeah, just go get back to it. How sad was it when uh, I think when uh, Taika Waititi's character there, Viago, like FaceTimed with his old familiar. He's like, <laughs> "Master, I'm 90 years old. I've never done anything with my life." And like, he just, he's <laughs> like, "Nice talking to you." And yeah, how do I, how do I click it off? And then he just clicks it off. He's like, "Oh, well, that was awkward." <laughs> I love how he calls him up to complain. He's like, you put the wrong postage on the box. It took me 18 months to get to New Zealand. Then he's like, I've wasted my entire life waiting for you to come back so you could turn me into a vampire. He's like, oh, "Oh, turns out I'm the dick in this situation. (laughs) Basically. Cool, yeah. One of the things that I really enjoyed was like how they were able to use all this dark medieval imagery of like werewolves and vampires and, you know, and all this crazy yeah. uh religion you know uh, yeah they did a great symbols. job of that yeah i thought they, it was really they, well it done. really set an interesting tone and again it was good for kind of uh like uh just having something there to subvert you know what i mean all this old like scary imagery of of like uh medieval superstitions about demons and other vampires and stuff yeah. and converting it with like what these guys are doing now like learning to <laughs> learning to watch a sunset on youtube and and everything yeah, well, I, I I loved how, yeah, it was just breaks up the comedy a little bit, but it's still funny there, so it kind of, you know, it gives you a bit of time to, to rest your sides, because I, I laughed quite a bit out loud at this movie, and that that doesn't happen a lot in a while, but uh, again, I think just going into this movie with no expectations, it was really helpful to just enjoy it for what it was, you know, with that clean slate. Yeah. Um, and everybody has kind of their, their arc, so there is something there, like uh, Viago has his... Uh... Like his uh, his lost love, who's now like ninety six years old, and yeah, and then uh, Vladislav kind of has his uh, his rivalry with the beast, 
yeah who we think is going to be some like like monster that like he it's fought monster from the demon. underworld or yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out it's just like his ex-girlfriend who he hates which <laughs> and she hates him you know fair enough like as soon as they introduced the beast i was like oh fuck of course of course it's just a regular vampire chick and he's not even that, date. he's not even that badass like he literally gets his ass kicked in every battle he's been in <laughs> type deal yeah well, um, he's like fallen from grace he used to be this great vampire warlord they say he could hypnotize groups of people but then he's just, yeah he's just <laughs> like probably the least competent vampire in the show okay I, I, I got a note here. I made a note about the, the whole virgin bloodline, that whole joke there. I don't know if you remember it particularly, but... Uh, oh, yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing, like, uh, talking about how virgin blood is better. Like, why, did, why are we so obsessed with virgin blood? Like, well, it's like a sandwich, you know? Like If you were going to eat a sandwich, you'd enjoy it better if you knew that no one had fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was the most fucking hilarious way to compare drinking virgin blood to eating a sandwich right and it's like well that's true i really don't want to eat yeah. a sandwich that somebody's had sex with it's not really a... but also you don't like if you're eating like a ham sandwich you don't demand that the pig that <laughs> was killed to make it was a virgin like yeah. that doesn't occur to you no well that... is that something you can ask for at a deli i get 300 oh, grams you can... of the virgin honey ham <laughs> well you can ask you could ask whatever you want. I wonder if I could like get a camera on. That Doesn't make it a good idea. Reaction just to see how they'd react. Like, yeah, can I get some virgin ham? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like a uh, ham it. from a pig that it was a virgin. Like, yeah, that'd be a pretty good challenge in impractical jokers or something. I guess they have that in beef. It's like, veal. Sal, you gotta go in there. You gotta ask for uh, for a ham that's never been fucked. I. <laughs> even know how to go about continuing this <laughs> I like maybe that's a new way to sell meat yeah yeah virgin ham virgin turkey yeah. virgin chicken i wonder if it would taste different you never know right until you've had it and i'm sure you know i'm sure each of us have tried you know incidentally uh, a, a virgin piece <laughs> of meat some somewhere <laughs> incidentally <laughs> um i don't know like for me i just can't get over Stu. I, I thought it was the fucking funniest thing ever um, he's the one who like who brings the like the vampires and werewolves together at the end like yeah he yeah, accomplishes it, like what no vampire or werewolf could in, in a, presumably like hundreds of years there's so many scenes where they're just like they're all praising stew and i think that's why we like stew so much i swear to god i feel like they wrote that like they wrote in Stu in the way they presented him as a character. They're like, everyone's going to, Stu is going to be everyone's favorite character by the end of this movie. It's just like, you know, they kept, he did kind of hypnotize us. Yeah. They kept reinforcing Stu. the idea that Stu is like the coolest guy. And he's just like, I work in information technology. He's, and I build yeah. He's not, and like, <laughs> he's not cool at all. He's a really soft spoken guy. Yeah. He's and just doesn't like, impact the, and doesn't impact the plot in any way until the very end. Right. But they're just like, like when they're when they're leaving here, they're just like, "Bye, Stu. Oh, thanks for coming. See you later, Stu." Yeah. And they're like so enthusiastic about him being there. I think it was. It's just uh, refreshing. I don't know. Like I think when they leave the uh, the masquerade ball or whatever the ball is, the uh, what is it called? The unholy masquerade. The unholy masquerade. Yeah. After Stu stabs that vampire right through the back <laughs> with that giant base, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming it's like a coat rack. I don't know what else the hell he would have grabbed in some little. You know, small. I didn't town think of that. Hall. 
but I was laughing my ass off because they're all like, you know, uh, <laughs> Vladislav's like, we both equally defeated that guy together. <laughs> and then they, all the other vampires are like, stew, 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 stew. And they're all just chanting his name <laughs> as they're walking through before they smell the werewolves. Like, it was just fantastic, man. And it was, uh, I love that. Bit. It's hilarious. At first I thought gotta... Nick was going to be the guy. I was like, oh, this new vampire, Nick, he's going to come in here and he's going to steal the show, right? Like, everyone's going to be jealous of him because he's the, the new age vampire. But really, he's just he's just the he most sucks. average guy. Like, he had nothing going for him. So as soon as he gets turned into a vampire, he's like, oh, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. And he's just telling everyone. They're like, Nick, yeah. you can't tell everyone. And the one guy's like, oh, I'm a vampire hunter. He's like, ah, oh, fuck you, mate. I'll get you my email. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he shows up. Yeah. 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 I think the only scene that you could really consider a horror scene in terms of like, oh, that was kind of gruesome, was was the uh, Peter, the vampire Peter, just burning. <laughs> oh my God, Peter, Peter, they're all running down the stairs trying to get yeah. him. And they open up the um, the basement. Hatch. I like that Peter's like a Nosferatu style vampire too. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely. The, just never to make the vampires looking. feel different from each other. Like it's not a big group of Draculas. Like they all feel different like yeah. peter especially because he's like a goblin man who lives in the basement <laughs> what is it like so do vampires live forever do they age at all because like i think they said he was like eight thousand years old so i wonder if like something like that yeah a thousand years like you just all your teeth become fangs and you're just like yeah i'm just gonna turn everyone i see maybe type deal i don't know i, I thought it was interesting so i mean like obviously blade does a better job of breaking that down of the super hybrid vampires uh starting in number two yeah, but uh, yeah, I can't give this movie a three and a half star rating, and the reason why is because the world blade world building compared to Blade leaves something to be desired. Yeah, <laughs> I joke actually. Like the world build for what it is, the world building in this movie is pretty good. I, I made a comment. You feel like this? Yeah, like so the start of the movie, you know, they're like introducing it like, oh, we're living in a flat in the suburbs, we're all roommates, and blah blah blah. And I just started laughing because I was like. Is this gonna end up being like a, a male version of Golden Girls with vampires? And I mean, kind of. It yeah, it, it it wasn't that far off, right? They all they're all different. They all had different approaches to different situations. It was pretty funny. Um, they were all old. I guess that that's a, a fair similarity to to make. It was um, it was really good, man. I just remember them doing the puppet shows. Just in front of the mirrors, because they don't have to hide behind anything, because you can't see them in the mirrors. So they got floating objects through yeah. the mirror. And... There's one uh, one note I took, and it was kind of at the behest of my wife, because she was like, she didn't like this movie, but she was like in the room complaining about how stupid it is. And she made me take a note here to bring it up. Um, is when uh, It's when uh, uh, Viago's uh, in the mirror, and he's holding up a teacup, and he's like, oh, look, a floating teacup, and... You know, he's like making it dance and stuff. Of course, he doesn't have a reflection. And she said, "She said, pause this right now. Why? Why can you? Why can you not see his clothes?" And I was oh. like, "That's a fair point." Well, that is a fair That's, point. Has to do, I think, with like the fact that when you're wearing your clothes, they're like part of your person. Like it's part of the image of you, whereas something you're holding is like an image of something that hmm. is attached to you. But she wasn't going for it. Okay, but there's there's other vampire movies. Do you see their clothes in the mirror? Another vampire. I'm movies? trying to. I'm trying to think. As soon as as soon as that was pointed out, I was I was trying to think. Like, can you see their clothes in the other vampire movies? And I don't think so. 
I always feel like every time there's like a big reveal, like I, I, there's one movie in particular, there's like a red fucking curtain over top of a mirror and the guy's like, yeah, pulls it down. And this woman's dancing yeah. with nobody. And everyone's like, oh my God, what's going on? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you know where you remember that from, right? Is that the movie that I said I didn't remember? The Leslie Nielsen one. <laughs> See, I told you would kind of the, the memories would kind of tumble back in. That's I'm pretty sure that's exact. I don't know if it was like a, a I feel parody like they scene in another it. movie. Yeah, it might have been a parody like it probably film. it probably was knowing Mel Brooks and Leslie Nielsen. But yeah, that's that's where I remember that exact scene from. Okay, they're doing right. this huge dance, and then there's like a mirror, and and you just see her like being dipped and thrown in the air by like nobody. Yeah, yeah, like ridiculous. Like it was just. A... A wild, wild dance scene. Okay, yeah. Now, yeah. now we'll have to maybe we'll check in on that. I'm curious now, though. I really am curious. Like, obviously, if the other vampire movies showed clothes, then they might have they might have missed the mark on this one for the lore. And I was trying to give them credit for being like really on point with, with you know. I don't think it's. I don't think it would be missing the mark. I think it's just like a, a different interpretation. Like, I don't think either interpretation of how vampire reflections work is wrong. Oh man, you know what that reminded me of is like. You remember that show, Deadliest Warrior? Oh hell yeah, I do. Yeah, great, you the vampires versus zombies episode yeah, that, when they just didn't give a shit anymore. They, they knew they weren't <laughs> they were getting like, renewed. They're like, "Fuck these people, we're gonna make it zombies versus vampires." <laughs> so stupid. I think they had to make up their own interpretations <laughs> of the the fictional, you know, fictional. They warriors. had to kind of. Just, oh man, they had a whole thing where they decided, like, okay, guys, like, what lore is gonna be accepted? And they're like, well, the most, the most like common lore for zombies is this and the common lore for vampires is this and stuff to decide on like who's like you know are these dawn of the dead zombies or are they like lumbering like yeah like walking dead zombies and then vampires are we doing like are we doing underworld or are we doing twilight or dracula and like it was like so was... that show was already stupid but at least it had like an ounce of like kind of like Oh, I'm learning a little bit about history, maybe. Yeah, or you know, you know, like, <laughs> then they you just threw see, it like, all out the window. Like, weapons tests and stuff, right? You're like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that was in the arsenal. And like, and this, you know. this other one, they're like, so we're just, we made these vampire fangs and yeah. we're testing vampire fangs on this gel torso, and it's like, come on, we man. assume that vampires are about ten times stronger than the average human. The average human could probably, you know, <laughs> 185 psi in a bite, and they just like basically this mechanical jaw just mashing shit, right? And they're just like, whoa. That vampire took a bite out of that thing. It's like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, it, you go yeah, from it was really like in, in machine guns and claymores and like slings to like, this is a vampire's yeah, mouth. and arrows and swords and stuff. And like, <laughs> th then you see them with, it's like, it's like, come on, man, have some self-respect. Yeah. Like, what happened to you? I love how they got rid of the one guy who basically like designed the whole program to like stimulate these battles. They're just like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. We got the guy who does future weapons and we got some other guy who's like, I also work for the studio that this guy runs that we bought out. Slithered yeah, no, he had a way better system. Yeah, it was. This system was way better. I don't know. I think it was the same system. I think they just added stuff to it just to make, you know what I mean? Like, they're just like, oh, we need to stretch these ratings. Like, what are we going to do here? And Well, let's talk more about the yeah. computer stuff and. We'll show you exactly why these guys lost, but I should but... mention um, because we're talking about it's like some semi-related to vampires is like uh, Vlad the Impaler was actually one of the warriors featured on a Deadliest Warrior episode, mm -hmm. and I can't remember who he fought. It was like someone like Kublai Khan or somebody else. I, I can't remember, but 
like Vlad the Impaler had the like the when they brought on like what was supposedly like his sword. Yeah, it was like the dopest sword in the whole show. They had like pig. They'd always have like pig carcasses, and this mm-hmm. guy was just like whoop, and he'd like cut right through a pig carcass like all the way in half. Like it was like a really crazy looking sword too. It was like a, it was kind of yeah, like, it had, like a really broad blade. saber or something like that, right? Like it had a curve to it, but it also had like all this was fancy like... stuff on the back. Yeah, it was like halfway between like a bastard sword and a scimitar. Why do I want to say? Yeah, looking. he fought like they didn't use a uh, Sun Tzu, did they? Was it Vlad versus Sun Tzu? It very well could have been. I think it might have been. I just remember them using like like oh the Chinese used gunpowder and they had this like nest of bees and it was like a giant arrow cannon. Remember that shit? Oh, it was crazy. Man. I don't. Had... Anyways, I don't know yeah. if I remember that. Uh, I, I feel I... like that'd be something I'd remember. It was cool, man. It was cool. I love that stuff. <laughs> I think I've watched every episode of that show at least four or five times, except for the, vamp- oh, I watched the vampire so zombie one. I was just like, I watched it once, and I'm like, fuck, I'm pissed the show's over, but I'm more upset that that's how they went out. It's yeah. not how you go out on a show like that. But uh, I, <laughs> So that's that's our little deviation from the whole movie there. Basically, we had Worth to figure it. out... Yeah, absolutely. The, the interpretation that these filmmakers were uh, were taking... For the the way they yeah. wanted to have their vampires sorted out, and of course they had the uh, the zombies and the witches at the uh, at the ball too, right? Or the uh, yeah the unholy masquerade. I do remember the, zombies. Yeah, it was the vampire association, the lower witches hat group, and the uh, the zombie something. I, I couldn't remember all the things, but I just remember just being committee. like, oh, we're bringing in all these other, you know, yeah. Uh, demonic beings and we're gonna have a little little party you know like <laughs> they're reading the invitation like dear dearly departed or something like that or <laughs> they're just basically inviting dead people. dearly departed yeah yeah that was that yeah. was good they get the little awkward it was pretty laugh clever out. it was pretty clever it was cool they had other like monstrous and undead beings than just vampires in this movie because it would have been easy, easy to just make it just vampires yeah i do like like i liked how they had it was a community, right? So, like, you get to see it, like, especially because, like you were saying before, like, it's a day-to-day kind of life. How do these vampires live, right? And so they go downtown. They're meeting up with all their vampire friends, and there's those girls just, like, feasting on that one dude, but it looked like they were making out with him. They're like, oh, yeah, just hanging out, just about to drain this guy completely, you know, yeah. no big deal. I've been feeding on him all night. He's totally gone. Yeah, and then what is it, like, the, the go on about, like, oh, yeah, when you become a vampire, like, you don't age. So if you become a vampire as a kid... You're basically a kid vampire a forever, forever, right? And then that's, they find those two younger girls, and they're like, going to go out and kill some perverts tonight? They're like, oh, Killing yeah. perverts, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see the scene where, like, the one girl's talking to him, like, this the pervert. And, and the, the other, other one just comes out and, like, chokes him from behind. Yeah. yeah like, they got the up. whole thing coordinated. Oh, I thought that was great. It was just, it was, <laughs> it was definitely a funny element to see, right? Like, oh, these guys just doing their day-to-day, and... They're still not cool, even though they're vampires. Everyone thinks, oh, vampires can get in anywhere. But they always try to get into that club, and they never get in until Nick, oh, yeah. until Nick becomes a vampire. And I just and it's it's like the added thing of, like, vampires have to be invited into a... They physically can't, like, pass the barrier of a doorway until they're invited into the, yeah. to the building. <laughs> so that's, like, it's a whole new face of, like... It's, it's just a whole new element of, element of being, like, rejected from a bar. I think uh, like not only am I rejected from coming to this bar, but I physically, because of the supernatural curse on me, I physically can't go in. Yeah. I thought the, uh, you know how we were talking about the, the worm scene, right? The Paschetti scene. 
I totally <laughs> forgot until I just read the Buscetti. Yeah, this note that I wrote. Like they obviously could transform into different animals. We found out in this movie, and uh, ever since the Beast really messed with Vladislav, he's not really good at transforming anymore. He never gets the faces right. The whole scene where they're chasing Nick down before he gets turned into a vampire, fucking mm-hmm. Jermaine Vladislav, he turns into a cat, but it's like with a cat Jermaine's with face. his face. And <laughs> fucking couldn't yeah. stop laughing. I, I was just laughing. Like the whole sequence of that, uh, that sketch. Basically, it was a sketch to me. Like that whole sequence there of chasing Nick through the house and like all the stupid things that would happen and he's like well where the fuck is the door how do i get out of here and then all of a sudden he can't find it and like oh we're gonna kill you and he starts running and he has seems to have no trouble getting away but it doesn't seem like the vampires are trying very hard to get him and then as soon as he's about to escape peter just comes out of left field man huge tackle takes him out they're like yeah. oh shit well peter got him like, oh peter got him oh no because <laughs> peter seems to mostly just feed on chickens and stuff yeah just throws the chicken in the tomb and you can just hear the the bone crunching, eh? Mm-hmm. I thought it was... I don't know, I really enjoyed a lot of the scenes in this movie. Like, there, there wasn't really a point in the movie where I was kind of like, alright, well, when's the next funny thing gonna happen? Like, I think there was yeah. a little bit of something for everyone in terms of the comedy. Uh, gotta give it to Catherine, who played by Catherine. I forget her last name, but they didn't really change her name up too much, but she's, she's so pissed that Nick got bit before. She's like going on like it's was... just a big dick biting club and <laughs> <laughs> just all biting each other's dicks in a big circle and yeah yeah i'm just here doing all their washing blouses and i have to iron them while they just off biting each other's dicks in some big giant dick biting circle and i yeah. thought it was absolutely hilarious because yeah like oh yeah no you got jumped yeah nick jumped the line like it was like he had any control over it either he he could easily bite her at any time but he's just trying to play it off so he can get more mm-hmm. done and <laughs> then she finally shows up at the uh, at the party and he's like what are you doing here this is for dead people only she's like oh yeah I'm a vampire now he's like what who bit you oh Nick bit me and then they have that whole scene where it's like yeah, I really wish you would have asked me before you bit my do they refer yeah, to him as a slave before you bit my familiar he says familiar servant something like that too she was a really bad servant too like they switched from familiar to servant yeah I remember that was Oh, it was just all around, man. It was a great laugh. She's just all excited now. Then the dynamic... She's married with kids. I remember when I right. found out she was, was married weird. with kids and she wanted to be a vampire. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, you'd think like a, a familiar is going to be someone like who has nothing going on in their life and is like yeah, a, a reject of society who's like... Or like, nothing, you know, has been like... Been like Somebody's searching for vampires, like read up on it, right? And they're just like, "This is my life goal: to find a vampire, become a vampire, so I can live eternally." And she's like, no, "Yeah, like the old guy, two kids, like the old German guy. He's like, I've done nothing with my life. I was waiting for you to just like, of course, if you think you're just going to be given like eternal undeath, like why would you like want bother doing anything with your life? You could do whatever you wanted because it, it wouldn't matter because you could just do it, do it all differently the next century with different people, right? Yeah." Um, I no, I, I really, <laughs> I love that how like people are willing to do so much for him just to get bitten, and they totally blow off the two people, right? Like Catherine finally gets lucky with Nick, and then uh, the old guy, they're just kind of like, Ugh, "Whoops, our bad." Yeah. <laughs> I do like how he say, if you enjoy the little... if you enjoy that, then you'll also like the the familiar character in the in the show. That's that's if one thing that, watching uh, the show. Yeah, because my wife was in the room watching it with me as well. And 
she was laughing her ass off, man. And I was like, okay. And then we both look at each other like, we got to give the show a watch. Like, we'll have to start watching the show now. And so, uh, easy, easy decision, right? It's something that we both enjoyed and it's easy to hop right into. Um, I'm a little disappointed that Jermaine is not, you know, starring in the show, but I'll get past it. If they, if they maintain the same, yeah. same. Oh, I mean, they have, uh, they have Matt Barry. They have who? And he's Matt Barry. And he's amazing. Okay. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind checking it out. And I think we're going to do it sooner rather than later. Uh, probably, probably hit it up, you know, by the you know, Monday, maybe start it on the weekdays, something to, uh, to watch on weekday nights. Um, you know, and I was, I was doing a little bit more research on it, Pat, and I was looking at, uh, reviews and other stuff like that. We are definitely not the only ones who really enjoyed this movie. This was, uh, a big hit on, you know, Rotten Tomatoes said it had a really good thing. The audience score was there. I think it was like, you know, high nineties and, uh, like mid eighties for the audience score. And I can buy it. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with the, with the reviews right there. Right. Like I, I think I'm just mostly surprised that I hadn't heard of this or nobody has even mentioned this movie to me before until last week when you were like, Oh, have you seen this movie? Because again, I thought it was just a TV show. So I'm a little disappointed. I wish, uh, I hope we can find more gems like this. This is the kind of stuff that uh, was really kind of a, a, a driving factor in, in looking for old, old, older movies, like movies we hadn't seen before. And essentially, that's the beauty it, of right? this podcast that we're doing right now. Is like we're we're out to like review these things on our own terms. Like we want to, re- we're going to review what we want to see. Yeah, there's and, enough people uh, out there like. You know, enough critics that are like bashing movies out there. They're like, well, I'm going to review. And to be to be fair, they're legit critics and we're not at all. <laughs> not yet. But like they review stuff they, they don't like. Like, obviously, that's part of the job of a critic is when you don't like something, you report on how you didn't like it. But then it just like, yeah, what a negative thing to experience, like hearing mm-hmm. someone just bash a movie like that. To be fair, we did trash the hell out of Avatar, but I mean, it had it coming. I yeah. think it had it coming, and fuck the people that gave it a good review. It was, and that was, and that was just fun. I enjoyed bashing Avatar. Yeah, but at least we did it tastefully. We followed it up and battled it out with a movie that we both really enjoyed. So it kind of worked out pretty well in that aspect, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't, I don't have much more, man. I just, I, I do remember talking about how they blended all these themes together so seamlessly and with such great comedy that. Uh, it didn't seem like anything more than just a wicked comedy movie. Um, I had um, the one other uh, thing worth bringing up. That I think I had is like a lot of the small, um, a lot of the small kind of details about how the vampires were like out of touch because they were so old. And it was little stuff like they have like like one of them had like an old Nokia flip phone or not even a flip phone. I don't think like the just an old Nokia like oh like the brick open face yeah cell yeah. phone yeah. And it's like, it kind of makes sense. Like, it's 2014, so smartphones are a thing, and pretty much everyone has them. But this guy's, like, 200 and some years old. So he's, like, a more extreme version of your, like, elderly uncle. who's just out of touch with all this stuff. Like, they're so out of touch, they probably don't even know how out of touch they are. Like, he has a cell phone that's, like, a modern marvel to him, like... And he's I, not thinking about like what the next iPhone model is. I think that was so well done though, and why they liked Stu so much, right? Because like Stu comes in and he's like the epitome of like I can teach you about all this new technology that you guys obviously haven't 
even bother to learn about or uh, understand or even know exists. And he's just like, right. Brings in computers and scanners and cameras and phones. And they're just like, Oh my God, this stew guy is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. I do. I, I just love how he's there the whole time. Like they're always constantly shitting on Nick and you know, they kind of let him get away with it sometimes just because he brought stew in. I remember the uh, procession of shame when they finally charged <laughs> Nick for, uh, yes. for uh, basically getting Peter killed. And they're like, do we do it? They're like, oh, I don't know. It seems a little extreme. It seems super. Do we have to do it? And they're like, oh, we should do it now. We should do it now. And Deacon's all like, we have to do it now. And then it's just and the three of didn't want like, to do it at all. Shame. Shame. And they're just walking, walking in a circle and pointed him. Shame. 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 That's all there is to it. He and just it, stands there till it, till, it goes on for like maybe a minute, but it's not long at all. They're like, "Oh my god, that was brutal!" Like, <laughs> maybe like, Yogg was even like, "I, I, I tried to tell them, Nick, that it was too much. I tried to. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I tried to stop them." I, I think those were some of my favorite scenes. I do like the uh, the mind control kind of thing they have when they have the cops over, and he's just like, "You will not see anything out of the ordinary," and the cops are going around. And they're like pointing out all this stuff and just when you think they're going to get caught because uh what's his name uh not vladislav um i remember nick was on the ceiling vigo vigo yeah viago viago (laughs) viago's the one who hypnotized him i don't know if it's going to work that well like i i'm not very good at hypnotizing so it could wear off at any second and like hey what's that you see that and he's got the flashlight out and he's pointing it right at nick and he's going around no snow no smoke detectors mate oh you gotta have that's rule number one what smoke detectors are rule number one <laughs> and then they keep going through the house and they go down they're like who's this guy it's the vampire hunter dead got a concrete slab on top of him like oh he's drunk well yeah he's not having a good time imagine how bad he's gonna feel tomorrow like get him a blanket yeah get that slab off him that's not gonna feel good in the morning that's not comfortable <laughs> they and, see the slab but it just doesn't seem weird to them yeah it just seems like oh it's just that's probably uncomfortable but then they go over and they're like oh what's that what's that they're like this and all the vampires are pointing to the burnt body of peter he's like no mate you see exactly what i'm seeing you've got adhesive and a lamp beside it that's flammable mate and it's right below an electrical panel <laughs> like oh mm-hmm. yeah and no smoke detectors <laughs> full circle on that smoke detectors again and i just laughed my ass off at that man i i really enjoyed that little back and that forth was a good scene yeah and then the, and then those cops show up at the at the end again and they're like they're, they're like the... werewolf attack yeah <laughs> When they're rescuing Stu, basically, right? They're like, oh, I haven't seen... Must have been a pack of dogs. Like, yeah, and they just find a dog, and they're like, we're going to have to put you down now. Yeah, like, does this guy like, look guilty? Oh, no. They just zoom in on the dog. I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> it's just some border collie minding his own business, too. I was like, that's that's too much, movie. Come on. They they did a really good job, especially, like, I thought it was... I didn't even think it was that funny the first time around, but watching the the last half of the movie again today so Joe could finish it up. When they find Stu... And he comes back, and he's going through the story of what happened with him. They have this whole thing on the bottom. It's like reenactment. It's like black and white, and Stu's just kind of waking up in the middle of nowhere. And then all the werewolves are standing around him, and the three guys that didn't have track pants on are just ass naked. <laughs> the guy's got their yeah. clothes on. He's like, these guys woke up, and they were Because Reese Darby, they're like the alpha werewolf. He's like, yeah. oh, you didn't wear your track pants, so you're going to rip right out of those khakis. I love <laughs> Why did you buy a combination lock? Like, well, I lost the key last time. I was like, fuck off onto a tree then. It's probably zero, 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 like a factory setting. Yeah, he was great. I, he was like definitely the be- the most, he had the highest like last to screen time ratio, I think. Oh man, I, 
first, as soon as he got introduced, I was just like, oh my god, I love this guy. He's hilarious, right? Now, I'm curious to know how this movie would have played, at least in terms of the way I thought it was hilarious, if they didn't have the New Zealand accents. Wouldn't have been as good. Don't, I it don't couldn't think have so. been. I don't, like, Flight of the Concords was, I think, in my opinion, the only reason it was really funny was because of the accents. I think it just fits with their style. Maybe it's because you just, like... Um, I think it's because you, I liked the show with the accents. You link so that... that you like link that style of comedy to that accent, I think. That's, yeah, and that's I, what makes the accent funny to you. I think that's fair. I, I wonder if I would have liked it as much if they had done this movie with, uh, not in New Zealand or not in Australia. You know what I mean? Like, well, if, if this was, a I mean, the show's movie? still the show's still good, and that's uh, there's no New Zealanders in that. It's uh, the show takes place in Staten Island, oh, and okay. uh, the vampires are from. Well, Matt Berry, they're all, they're, the actors are all pretty much all British. Oh, okay. uh, Matt Berry's playing a British guy, and the other two are playing like, uh, like Eastern European. But there so, are still accents, think, right? Like they're not, they just, they sound different because they are a different type deal. You know what I mean? They, like, do still, they do still have accents, yeah. Okay, okay. There's one American vampire, but he's like a little different because he's an energy vampire. I don't want to give too, too yeah, much away yeah, about no, his no, let, let me watch it and decide for myself. I mean, this. I'm, after watching this movie, I'm definitely taking time out of my life to watch the show. Uh, I see ads for it all the time on FX. I think I have FX on demand or something like that. I will be watching it. I will have to check this show out. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think... Um, I think this movie, if I were to rate this movie based on you know what we've talked about tonight, like I don't think we hit a, a bad note at all. Except there was questionable... Um, uh, lore about the vampire's clothing not being in the I wouldn't even think it was questionable. Uh, it made just, me uh... kind of wonder. It made me think a little bit. So I'll, I'll give it that. It made me think a little bit. But all in all, like I would I would watch this movie again tomorrow for the second and a half time. Because I've seen it one and a half times now. So, Pretty good. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't even be upset if somebody's like, yo, you want to watch this movie? I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that again. So out of our, our wacky-ass three-and-a-half-star rating, I'd, I'd give this a three... Three and a quarter, three point two five. I I really nice. enjoy. I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it too. Say. I think it was like just great, you know, um, escapism. Like it was just great, like oh, totally yeah. irreverent comedy. And um, I'd probably rated a, th- I'd probably rated a three point one. All right, very very good film. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't whatever. I want to say Face Off should have deserved the only three and a half star rating out of three and a half stars, but now that we've watched a few more movies, I mean, it sets the bar pretty low. So, Face Off was the only episode we did before we came out with a three and a half star rating. So it's true. It's hard to say, but we would have rated it now if we if I had if I had actually recorded the episode. I'm sure we would have given it like nine and a half stars out of ten before we had this new system out. But uh, yeah, now that we have this, I'm just writing down. So I have it. Uh, the scores. The scores we gave it. I mean, I, I couldn't find anything wrong with this movie. Um, it did exactly what it intended to do. It didn't set out to do anything other than make you laugh. Um, it hit all the elements of the the horror vampire genre, comedy genre. The mockumentary style I thought was hilarious, especially when they bring up the camera crew a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um it was just fantastic, man. Like, this wasn't a blockbuster movie. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't... 
They weren't looking for awards. They weren't going out here spending millions and millions of dollars trying to make some cinematic masterpiece. It was just a really simple, funny movie. And it, it hit it hit every mark for me. I really enjoyed it in that sense. Yeah. Totally agree. So we got we both give real favorable ratings to what we do in the shadows. Um it's uh Yeah, I should say like I don't remember this coming out in theaters either. I think the first time I watched it was like years ago, around when it first came out. And it must have been on Netflix. I can't even fully remember. Like, uh, I remember watching it and liking it, but can't fully remember exactly when. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie, just because it wasn't like making the rounds in theaters, then then definitely check it out. If you like the show, when you, but you've never seen the movie, then uh, then definitely check out the movie. It's It's hard to like one without liking the other. Yeah, and I, and I um, guess it's fair to say just to just to interrupt you just for a second there. I know we've given a lot of it away. It still doesn't do it any justice in terms of how hard you will laugh if you enjoy their style of comedy. Yeah, I would say that's that's true. I will say that I don't know if this is something that's like I saw a different cut of this movie the first time or what, but I don't remember the last couple scenes, like the endings. Okay. I'm not sure I remember them. Like uh, what I remember to this movie is um this was after, after um, Stu got uh, like mauled by the werewolves, and at that point you think he's dead. Yeah, uh, Nick is his buddy. Nick is sitting there and he's all bummed out, and then Deacon comes up and gives him the speech. Yeah, you know about maybe this is the way he'd want to go instead of getting old and frail and stuff. And like it's uh, the speech was really it, demoralizing. It was I thought it was hilarious. It was just talking. there was everyone. There was a point. Way. There was a point where there was like a kernel of like wisdom in there or comfort, comfort sort of before he fucked up the ending like just yeah. to make it funny but as as he's talking it shows uh viago when he's standing outside the flat of his uh like his uh his like the woman he was in unre- love with, unrequited right? lover yeah uh yeah who's now who's now an old woman in her 90s um and that's where i remember the movie ending like that's kind of the last thing and then it's like credits oh and i was okay, like that's yeah. the kind of a cool kind of like kind of bittersweet note to leave it out on um, but then this, like, obviously we saw this, like, this goes on further. Like, you see that Stu's a, a werewolf and the werewolves show up and hang out with the vampires. Yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, Viago's like, like, uh, bitten his, uh, his love and she's a, she's a vampire now. She's going to be a 96 year old woman forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't remember any of that. I was like, man, oh man, like, did I miss this? Or did Netflix just have like a different cut back in the day? <laughs> Excuse me. It was surprising. I thought it was really funny that scene where he's because yeah because like you're saying like when you thought it ended there was a good ten minutes after of like just kind of closure and some stupid jokes that were yeah quite funny but not necessary. Um, I love when Viago's talking about it. he's like I you know like everyone's gonna say like oh the age difference like what's this four hundred and eighty year old vampire doing with this ninety six year old woman and they'll call me names like cradle robber but I don't care I don't care and the old woman's like I don't care either and he's just like yeah. <laughs> You can't put a, a yeah. number on it, blah blah blah. And it was, it was. I thought it was That's just hilarious. normal for a vampire. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it was good. It was a good ending. I liked it a lot better than than it ending where I thought it did for sure. Now, now that you mentioned it, I do know that they said uh, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January yeah. 2014. They didn't actually release it in theaters; their theatrical release until the 18th of August in the same year. So, you wonder right. if they even planned on this movie being as guess quite like successful as it was you know what i mean like i know it was a hit it was really funny everyone and spawning enjoyed. like spawning a tv show really because the yeah. tv show is pretty pretty successful 
Yeah, well, I think it's got three. We're going into four seasons now. It's got two seasons. I've watched two seasons. Okay, and I, I don't th- think season three is coming. I think it's it's one of the many seasons of TV delayed by COVID. Yeah. So we'll hopefully get it when we get it. But I don't think that it's come out yet. I'll tell you, man, that uh, the TV shows that weren't as affected by COVID really made notes about it having COVID. And I, specifically speaking about Law and Order. Uh, we're big fans of Law and Order in this house. They came out with a new one where they brought back, you know, an old character and stuff like that. Um, and it was just like, I remember first, first watching the season they came out with it, like the first part of the season, everyone's wearing masks. There's like plexiglass in the courtrooms and stuff like that. And it's just like, it just, you know, at one point, you in time, gotta like, wonder everyone could relate to that. Right. Cause like, Oh, now I go into a convenience store and there's plexiglass between me and the counter. You know, you and... gotta wonder if they're, they're doing that, like for like kind of immersing you in the world and and uh you know as as like a narrative choice or if they're doing it because it makes like the regulations on set easier for them because it actually withstands the uh covid protocols that are being because law and stuff right? yeah easier for them to meet the protocols because law and order has a pretty big revolving door of non-recurring characters well that's one of those things too right like obviously uh the new show is a little bit different than the, the standard law and order but you're right right like every episode of law and order typically is Here's the victim. Here's the perp. Here are the people we, you know, I don't know. You got a couple of couple of cops. You got a couple of lawyers. You got like maybe five or six judges that rotate out. And sometimes you see, see the same judges. Yeah. In episodes, but other than that, it's like always new people. So probably makes it tougher to meet COVID regulations. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought of it like that. Right? Maybe they were just doing that. Maybe it worked out both ways. Maybe they had to do it, but it also had that. Uh that effect on viewers where they're just like oh this this is this is very relatable because now everywhere you go this is the kind of stuff you see like i'm not you know even people that have never been in a courtroom or something like that are just kind of like yeah plexiglass got like masks yeah that makes sense wash your hands sanitize stuff like that and yeah yeah i'd buy it either way it was kind of cool i thought it was kind of interesting just how they you know i was so stoked there was new tv because i remember when it first when covid first hit it was kind of like yeah. Well, everything's delayed, and everyone's kind of like, well, in this house, we watch a lot of TV shows, man, and Jill watches a lot of competition shows, like especially the cooking shows, and you can't be doing new seasons of, you know, Hell's Kitchen, Master Chef, uh, Chopped, all those kind of shows. You really can't serve people food on TV and expect people to be like, oh, if it's safe for them to like be in the same room cooking food for people if they cough one time, like what do they do, throw the meal out type deal and. Yeah. So it was nice to see new TV coming out. We were really excited about it. And uh, and then to see it all being like COVID stuff, it was kind of like, ah, shit, this is getting rubbed in our faces again. But we were just stoked to have stoked to have a new TV show to watch, man. It, it didn't take long to go through the list of shows we wanted to watch when we first got locked down. And we ran out of TV shows real quick, man. Real probably. Fast. Yeah. We should jump into uh, probably our next... Uh... We, we've kind of made a segment out of like the end of these episodes uh, use, being used to work out what we're going to watch next. Yeah, you know, and I know you were kind of leaning towards me, like having a a choice. Uh, this week's been kind of crazy. I've got people working on the outside of my house. i got the little guy running around, and Jill's had a pretty stressful week at work. I didn't really think ahead of tonight that we were going to be doing a... That I, I completely forgot, basically, until now that I was supposed to kind of put a shining light on a new film for us to do next week. Um, you know what we haven't done in a while? 
um, is a, a video game based movie. And I'm not really That's leaning true. towards like Mortal Kombat or anything. I'm really leaning towards something kind of maybe more lighthearted. Um, okay. I do remember somebody bringing it up, I think in our second or third episode. I think it was actually during the Sonic one, or maybe it was the one before where we were talking about trying to do a video game one. And uh, Dead Man Down, Kayla comes in and says, Dead Man Down. I've got mm-hmm. my notes. I've seen Dead Man Down. I've watched it. I've made notes. I think we're, we're just Dead Man to... Down is definitely an option that we but... could do. Like, whatever your choice is going to be, we might get bumped so that we can do Dead Man Down yeah, next no, no. week. I'm okay with whatever. I know you said you kind of wanted to get a few things polished up. Um uh... Yeah. Before we have a guest on, and thank God, uh, everything seems to be running really smooth tonight. Like, you yeah. haven't had any audio issues on your end for me? I haven't had any. Here. No, I haven't. I know last episode. It's first. Last it's episode, a refreshing was, uh, change. Yeah. <laughs> last episode, I was getting exactly what you were getting before, and I was like, that's unacceptable. So I I went out and I, I we solved the problem. I think we solved the problem. So my choice uh, I'm going to credit the Tree Frog writer for this one. She came in and gave us the idea when we were talking about video game movies. I kind of want to do Wreck-It Ralph. I don't know if you've seen that one before. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you've seen that yeah, one before? Yeah, I've seen Wreck-It Ralph. Okay, but I think the the one thing about that one is we'll have a lot of fun uh, talking about the video games that they, they reference in that. Um, I think so, yeah. So, so when we did Sonic, so. I had fun t- like I had fun chatting about games, too. Yeah, and I mean, we both... So really I was almost like, let's turn this in... I was like, let's turn this into a video game podcast. This is yeah. more fun. And we, well, but, we could absolutely do a, a segment on that. I think that'd be great. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of people that are, are willing to uh, to talk about, you know, especially people that are like game developers and game testers and people who, you know, even just people who stream regularly. Like you could, if we find a game that we really like, I'm sure there's a streamer that streams the game that we could even bring on as a guest and we could uh, yeah. pick their brain about it because obviously they have a little bit more experience with the the game than we might. And, uh, and shine some light on situations that we don't quite uh, fully comprehend. But I, I, Maybe I, we'll have Tree Frog on, because I'm pretty sure she picks the movies that we do more than we do at this point. Did she pick Princess Bride, too? I think she did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she no, did. She's good. She's got, she's, got, she's got good taste. Good taste. We should always just defer to her. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll make her... Uh, uh, I'm losing... The... She'll be our... Uh, man... No, not manager. Our curator. Our curator. That's... Sure. she'll curate our, our selection yeah I, I mean we better not make any promises because if she <laughs> if all of a sudden yeah. she's just like what the fuck these guys are like already giving me a position that i have not even agreed to do yet yeah didn't ask for yeah don't want yeah that, that... i don't even watch this fucking show anymore <laughs> watched it once hated those guys i don't know what i was doing there <laughs> but i think i'm gonna but yeah but that. i'm down for, i'm think, down for that so next we week wreck it ralph Next week or, Next week or the week after, if it gets the, du- if it gets bumped yeah. for uh for Dead Man Down, have you seen the movie yet? Not yet, no. Okay, I've I'm got some notes. There's, there's a one scene in particular I want to I want to uh, ask you about, but I won't bring it up until you've seen the movie. Uh, we'll we'll oh, wait yeah, save it show. for for the episode. So yeah, next week, tentatively, tentatively, our plan is to do Dead Man Down, and then Wreck It Ralph is just kind of on deck as the uh as the understudy to mix two metaphors absolutely and you know what i think it's uh, that'll actually be a good break if we uh if we are able to do dead man down as uh, as planned here next week we went from a nice wicked comedy movie to uh, a gritty action film and then back to like a light animated kids you know adult video game style movie 
No, I think I think Wreck-It yeah. Ralph was yeah. I think it's perfect. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a family friendly movie that I can really relate to in terms of the video game aspect. So I think we could probably agreed probably go for that, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um. All right. Well, that that's that pretty much wraps it up for the night. I mean, we had a a great discussion about the movie. I hope that uh, anyone who's watching, if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, I, obviously we we both enjoyed it ourselves and we both recommend it. Uh, take an hour and a half out of your life to watch it if you're uh, if you got some time, a rainy day, if you're bored, whatever, man. It's it's worth a watch. So that being said, I think we can pretty much wrap this up, Pat. Do you have any uh? Any closing remarks? Um, my closing remarks is that what we do in the shadows is awesome. And the show is awesome, and I can't wait for season three. All right. I can't wait to watch the show, man. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. that's that's. I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw myself here. I feel like what I'm going to do is I'm going to find it on TV one day, and I'm going to watch like season two, episode four, accidentally first. And I'll be like, ah, damn it. <laughs> It'll be like I an integral. Left what I did. It'll be like an integral episode where it's just like now when I go back to watch season one, I'm just waiting for the event that happened in the first episode I saw to uh, to unravel. But uh, I think we can leave it at that, Pat. I think we can uh, we can sign off for the night, and uh, I think we accomplished exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, we gave it a great review. It was a great choice. So thank you for that. Um, we've got two movies lined up. One. Uh, one in the hole, one on deck. Uh, next week, it sounds like we're going to be doing Dead Man Down. And we will introduce you to that film on the episode of, of that movie itself. Followed by, potentially, Wreck-It Ralph. Where we will just go ham talking about video game references. And I think we're both old enough to uh, to remember arcades. So, it's perfect. Yeah. All right, and on that note, I think we're going we're gonna to sign off here. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the belated box office presented by Force to be Social with me and my buddy Pat here. And we will catch you guys all next week, Friday at uh, 8 o'clock Mountain Daytime, Mountain Standard Time, or uh, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I believe that's the right uh, time jump there, Pat. I think it's. I think we're in daylight town time now, so it'll be Eastern daylight time. Okay, yeah. So uh, if you're on the East Coast, it'll be eleven o'clock at night. If you're on the just shy of the West Coast, it'll be eight o'clock at night. If you're on the, you know, if you're in, if BC, you're somewhere else, then it'll be yeah. some other some other time. You know how time zones work. You can look it up. We got we a have, schedule. On, yeah, we got a schedule on Twitch. It'll be fine. Um, we'll be putting up this episode on YouTube shortly, and we will be also putting this episode up on Spotify before next uh before the episode next week so keep an eye out for that don't forget to drop us a follow here on twitch you can find us on youtube spotify twitter all those fancy things there's all the uh all the links on twitch here and uh we will catch you guys all next week thank you so much for tuning in and you guys have yourselves uh, a good weekend cheers